0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Birth Trauma Training for Birth Workers, the podcast with me, Dr. Erin Bau, clinical psychologist and coach. Oh, today I have to make that noise. It's my like excited, relieved, yes, aha uh-huh, noise, whatever you want to call it. You have no idea how excited I am to introduce you to the gorgeous, oh, she's just such a firecracker, Erica Kramer, Queen of Confidence. Erica from America, as she is known. Erica is, look, I'm getting her on partially because she's a confidence coach, and I know so many birth workers. Hello, I'm talking directly to you if you're listening who need a good dose of confidence. But also, Erica is one of these, like, she's just an anomaly. She has had more trauma than you can poke a stick at, and then some more trauma, and some more trauma, and some more trauma. So, I wanted to talk to Erica because she is a no BS, let me tell you how hard it has been to get through this stuff and she's still working on it and she has done some fabulous, fabulous work on herself and continues to do so, so that she can show up for other people and help them with their stuff, which is what I'm all about. So Erica and I are talking... (sighs) about some pretty triggering stuff today. And as you know, I don't go in for putting lots of trauma triggered warnings everywhere because this is a trauma podcast, but there's a lot of stuff covered today, potentially some stuff that you might not anticipate coming up, so I wanna just give you a little bit of a heads up so that you can make an informed decision about whether you wanna listen to this episode at this and this time. We're gonna talk about sexual abuse, not in a great deal Of detail, but it is talked about death, traumatic birth, some really, I suppose, potentially triggering, um, I suppose, language around awful bedside manner and that kind of thing. So there's, you know, there's some stuff that. Comes up, so think about whether you're in a good place to listen to this right now or not. Maybe you want to leave it for later, um, but it is so, so, so worth you listening to all of this because Erica is really someone who can, I suppose, give you that um, potential loving bitch slap. That's one of her turns, not one of mine. <laughs> but it's so fitting. The loving bitch slap that you need, particularly if you are someone who is in the storytelling phase of, oh, it's too hard to work on that. It costs too much money. I'm not ready. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever your story is about why you can't dig deep and get on with the work, Erica is someone that you can look at and go, okay, well, she can do it. Maybe I can do it. And not only that, you can come out the other side of it being like this absolute powerhouse of strength strength and passion, and purpose, and there's just so much stuff you're going to get out of this episode. I cannot wait to introduce you to her. So here we go. Erica from America. I love saying
1: that. Hey. (laughs) How are you? How are you? I am so good. I sound a little bit sniffly, but I'm actually feeling amazing. Winter is on its way, clearly. I know. I'm
0: sitting
1: and freezing
0: my little bum off out in the mountain yep. ranges and reminding myself that it's actually Aww. only going to get a lot colder than this, but it's okay. Yep. It's okay.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, where do we start? I, oh there's so many goodness. things I think you've got to offer. So, <laughs> so, you. so, so much stuff. I was thinking about this actually just before we spoke as a little way of an intro. Something that I guess a lot of, I don't know, therapists, psychologists, counselors, whatever, would do potentially to assess how much stress someone's had in their life is there's a little form we can give you that's like the, oh, yeah. um, I don't know, life events or something. And it doesn't have to always be negative events. It can be positive events. But basically you run through a list of all the stuff that can happen to people in a lifetime. And, Erica, I think you've got yeah. like all of them. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's like moving house yeah. first. Baby, the... loss,
1: yeah. loss injury,
0: like sexual so abuse. Much. You've got everything. You've just about got yeah. everything. So your score would yeah. be like not even in the little curve, which is so good because I love talking <laughs> to people outside the curve. Oh, yes, that's my jam. We need to be outside the this curve. This is it. But I think by way of – it's a short way of saying you have had some trauma and then some. Like, yeah. holy – Molly.
1: yeah it's been crazy crazy ride and it's so funny now I would have never thought that I would be like grateful to my sexual abuse grateful to the losses grateful to all of it because of who I became like there's no way like we don't learn that you know that's not how we're raised or we don't look forward to bad shit happening or we think we think bad shit's bad you know um and it's kind of crazy because when you learn to work through the stuff, and you know, in the work that you're doing, it's like an opportunity of like, shit, you know, what's what's going on right now, and what can this offer me if I can move through it? And you can move through it because so many before us have, and and it's just it's just deciding like, do I want to move from a place of power, or do I want to move as a victim through? And it's like there's been so many stories and stories about amazing people that have been through worse. You know, and they they're mating, they're making it and they're empowering other people. And so it's like we have no excuse now as a society to go, yeah, but because I'm a only child or because I was sexually abused or because of this. And I'm not saying it's not important, but it's like don't make that the reason why you stay small and why you don't heal your mm. shit. Because use, you know, like using that for big work. And I, I honestly I have this belief, I don't know where it came from, but I totally have this belief that when bad shit happens, I now go awesome. I'm going to connect with this new group of people that have been through this now. Like this is why it's happening so that I can resonate with this group of people that also it's happened to, and that I can share my hope and go, Hey, guess what? I made it through. And they go, Oh, I see you. You too. Yeah. Me too. High five. We got this. Like every time something about my miscarriage, I was like, okay, now I can connect to miscarriage women. Like fuck. Cause that was, that was like the cherry on top of trauma. I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, Really, universe? Like, I think I've got enough. Like, my my palate is pretty full. I've tried a lot of different things. And then that happened. And I was just like, no, nah, don't be victimizing yourself. This is for a greater cause. So you can connect with a new group of people, women who have miscarried. And I, now I look at everything like if, it, if a bad thing happens, it's hard. But I, I can't not see it as growth or as a gift or as a lesson for someone else that I haven't even met yet, because that's the power of when you transform your shit which you know mm,
0: gosh that's it's i can yeah. imagine though like there must have been a point at which you're sitting there going i didn't sign up for this i don't want to be the fucking <laughs> yeah. poster girl for trauma and yeah, then, then yeah. some more and then some more and then some more or, you know that thing that people do where they're like oh okay so you know this big thing's happened surely that's that's it that's enough you've done that's universal <laughs> oh that's enough Check. (laughs) Poor old Erica, she's had enough. But this is so good. There's no poor me with you. I love that you're just like, all right, I can sit and have a pity party, which, you know, we are absolutely like so necessary to do. I mean, I think you're just talking about miscarriage. I think about mine, I just sat and threw myself the biggest freaking pity party and thought I'm never getting out of this hole. But then I suppose you think, well, there's a possibility for another child. And that, you know, I suppose that hope process. Talk to me about birth and babies and trauma and confidence and all of that delicious stuff. Yay. (laughs)
1: Um, Well, it's so funny because I started doing this work, the Queen of Confidence, which that's what the brand is called. And it's not that I am the queen. Like I hate when people go, the queen herself. I'm like, listen, I am far from royalty, uh, far from. And get a bitch from Boston over here. So... (laughs) the queen of confidence is like an alter she Like she's, I believe all of us have this inner amazing queen, like top of the top of the food chain, amazing woman as we are women. And she's inside, and So we've buried her with all of our negative self-talk and bullshit and we've kept her small and she rarely comes out and she does come out. We talk shit about her. So she goes back in. So that's my, the queen of confidence is like every woman is the queen. Every woman has this beautiful, amazing alter she And I'm just trying to like crack it and like, You know, chip into the internal of them and get her out, right? So that's what the Queen of Confidence is about. So it's so funny because a girlfriend of mine gave me a book when I was pregnant with my first baby called Birth with Confidence, and so I was like, "Oh, Queen of Confidence, Birth with Confidence, (laughs) amazing!" You know, Rhea Dempsey. I had no idea what I was about to enter, and. You know, I think birth workers know all of this stuff. Birth workers, you know, a lot of my friends are doulas or, you know, in the birth working game. And I think, I feel like sometimes some birth workers forget what it's like to just be a client. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't know what a doula is. Half in the world don't know. We really. What the fuck a doula is? We don't know why we would need her. We don't know what midwifery is. You know the system is go to the hospital, blah blah blah. Doctors, GPs, they're the fucking gods at the moment, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I I love that there's fire and passion, but it's like there needs to be more information and explanation of this. And so like being being cautious of how this information is eased into women, not hit over the head with it because they have no idea. So I was trying really hard not to. After I read this book, fucking. I became like a birth with confidence, Bible basher kind of person. I was like, yo, did you know cesarean rates are like fucking high? And I was like, (laughs) full on conspiracy. And my midwife was like, listen, you need to like, I was like, should we do a march? And she's like honey, maybe after you have the baby, like just chill out. I became like rageous and like passionate birthing. I, I was like, do I want to be a doula? Like I had to check in with myself because I kind of wanted to go into the birth game because I, yeah, was, I was so. Gonna say, yeah, I was
0: going to say, you've surrounded yourself with so many birthy people. Oh you my God. Into yeah.
1: our world. <laughs> I was like, that's why I have a deep love for it. I think internally or in a past life, I was totally a doula or some kind of shamanic doula mama, like totally. But I read this book and I was kind of like, What the fuck? Like, I was like, what? Like, I was literally at 18 years old. I was the girl in Los Angeles. Like, yeah, so, like, when I get pregnant, like, they can just cut the baby out so, like, I don't ruin my vagina. And then they can Mm -hmm. just do, like, a Mm -hmm. nip-tuck. Like, I've said those words out of my mouth when I was 18. And I can't believe that now I'm like on the other side of like, oh my God, what? It's the- so funny,
0: isn't it? I was going to have like baby in a can and have all, yep. the, well, have all the drugs and do all the things because, you know, like I was science trained and I thought, well, why wouldn't you use science and technology? Yep, That's yep. the thing that intelligent women do. And then I watched bloody Ricky Lake and... Yes.
1: Whoa. Whoa. Holy hell. Yep, exactly. Yep. So it was like, you know, this girl gave me this book. I went crazy. I was like, what? Oh my God. And And by the way, this... I have a justice thing since um my sexual abuse when I was I was well I was I was 5. I grew up in foster care my whole life cuz my mom was bipolar and I had no dad. My dad left when I was 2. So in and out of foster homes my mom would get when she was younger she would get manic, not depressed, and mm-hmm. so she would beat my ass. Like she would she was not in her she's my hero. She's amazing. She's just not in her mind and she would literally just fuck me up. And so the police would get called, I would get taken away, my mom would get taken away to a hospital. So my whole life, I was in and out of foster care, and I think, I think foster care helped me really love because I love children, I love people. I was a people person, and I was the only child, so I enjoyed foster homes. And even when sexual abuse came, I think I was five years old, uh, and I got abused by one of the guys that was a foster, like, was an actual child of the foster home.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: from from the five year old, and again at nine, and at nine it was my mom's boyfriend. And I told my mom, because my mom was also sexually abused, and this is why it's so important that we heal our lineage, like heal our ancestral shit, right? So my mom Mm -hmm. told me when I was five, if anybody touches you here, you tell me. If anybody does, and I'm looking at her like, I don't know what she's talking about, but I remember her telling me, if anybody touches your body, blah, blah, blah. So when I got sexually abused by her boyfriend, I told her. So I said, mom, this happened. He denied it, all this stuff. But that at nine years old, that activist, that justice person was born. And not until I did coaching with one of my coaches, work on this, was very hard to go there and pull out. And he basically got me to go into the the things that happened in my life, all the trauma, really fast. You visit, almost like time traveling, your timeline. Yeah. And you're going into these moments and you get you're, you're crying and it's full on and you get to pull out. Who did you become what was the good so it's not saying that your trauma is not important it's totally important to heal that shit it's 100 percent. you need to be heard and validated but then this was like this was like pulling out who you became and now i realized from doing that work that at nine years old i became a justice fucking activist of standing up for what's not right so like i can't even go to baker's delight and let somebody cut somebody i'm like no bitch she was next she she's fucking don't cut the woman at Baker's (laughs) Delight like I'm like what do you want to order you go first like and people are looking at me like oh you're very bossy but I'm like don't be cutting people like I can't stand for injustice so Mm. at that point this this like this person this activist was born so when I read this book I was like holy shit I have to tell everyone and then it just got me into Anna Mae Gaskin and into the, the you know not worrying about is your baby a fucking avocado not that shit I I, beca- I <laughs> yeah. became like I to I want the real shit like I want to go into these and so I just researched my ass off and it was so funny because I became anti-epidural anti-hospital anti the system and when you're anti anything when you're against you're fighting a war against you bring more of that to you so that's not mm. really the key so the key was to work with but I was anti I was like fuck you, hospital, fuck the system, rah, like full on, right? And pregnant, so hormones, I was crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> My husband's like, you're the triple threat, you're American, you're Latino and you're pregnant. He's like, fuck, get away from me, like you're crazy. So, So here's what was happening. I was judging women who chose to have the epidural. I was judging the system. I was judging, not consciously, but I was in full judgment Uh, not understanding why women wouldn't want to have vaginal births and choosing and opting for cesareans. I was subconsciously judging the shit out of all of that because I had been immersed in this natural whatever world. So what happens, I ended up, um, I was two weeks, uh, I I I went to see a midwife because I was like, oh, we should have a midwife now. I'm not going to the hospital. We found this beautiful midwife practice down the road. And she said, you and your husband sound like home birth people I don't, have you ever considered a home birth and I'm like that sounds very messy <laughs> and she was like <laughs> no it's it's not messy like this is so we looked into home birth but for whatever reason I kept going there to see her every appointment I was about 30 weeks pregnant at the time and I just I could hand um uh what's that called like transactional Right. Mm, yeah. She was very transactional. And I'm Latino. I'm like a hugger. I'm a lover. I like, you know, you're about to fucking help me have a baby, bitch. Like you got to you got to give me a kiss and a hug. Like we're going to be friends, you know. So I yeah. didn't feel her. I was like, I don't feel her. And then I had seen this new midwifery mama, midwife, whatever. And I went off and, and just at that time, I don't know what made me go. I don't like this. It doesn't feel good. I think I was so empowered with the information that I was like, it's my choice. I'm going to move. And I was like 32 weeks pregnant and I went to a new midwifery place and ended up having, you know, Jan and all of that jazz. And that was good because we moved and we got to really be with them and and discuss and understand what was going on. So with the birth, what actually ended up happening, long story short, is my son was two weeks over, um, technically, according to bullshit, you know, due standards, whatever. So he was over and i was fine i felt great but i had to go in and just check on the on the heartbeat and all that as they do so 42 weeks or 41 and 10 days and they were like look go and just have a check so it was a friday afternoon me and my husband were chilling i was happy i loved being pregnant i loved pregnancy i loved all of it like both of my pregnancies i could be pregnant all day except don't want to look after children <laughs> when they come out <laughs> that's the hardest part like, fuck this <laughs> So I'm there, I'm checking on my body, nothing, you know, the heartbeat's all good. And then they go get me the scan to check the the fluid. And it was so funny because two days before I had felt like three or four tablespoons of liquid had come out of my vagina on the floor. And when they came and checked on me, the midwife didn't go all the way up. It was like she was scared to go all the way up with that thing that checks your uh, if your water's broke. And mm. I, I knew as the, as the client, I knew she was not confident. I knew she wasn't going all the way up. I could feel it. And she's like, no, it's all good. I'm like, mm, I don't know about you. But anyway, like it was a little bit, it was a little bit like I was sad because I did feel like something had happened. So when I got there, they said, yeah, your waters have been broken at the top. There was a slow leak. Your liquid's not really good. We need to, a... then they went all hospital because I was at the Royal Women's and they were like, we need to get you to talk to the doctor. We need to do something right now. But as they scanned me, everybody had different numbers. The first person had a seven, the other one had a six, the other one had a four. And I'm mm-hmm. like, again, I don't have confidence in you because you don't know what the fuck you're doing so here's what happened and I'm crazy and I love that I'm crazy because I was not taking any shit after watching ricky lake and face of <laughs> birth and Microbirth. I made my whole birth team watch everything right <clears throat> I go into the doctor's office she was a woman a young woman and she said to me listen you we need to get the baby out now we need to induce you we need to do this we need to do that and I was like I don't feel comfortable with any of this I need to call my midwife like I need a minute like hold on a minute I don't understand what's going on I feel fine the baby's fine I know he's fine She goes, we just don't want you to leave with a baby that's not alive. She did that whole thing. Oh. And I was like, and my husband went, oh, shit. Like, oh, you did not just say that to my wife. Like, he was like, oh, fuck, you better get down because I'm over here like fire, fury. And I was like, Did you just like I told her off like I wish I would have videoed it because I fucking she started crying. I was like, how dare you say that shit to me? You're a fucking woman. You're a fucking doctor. Like, are you for real? You said that shit to me. What the fuck kind of scare tactics, blah, blah, blah. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should you shouldn't even fucking work here again. You should quit your fucking job and go do some other shit. And she started crying. I was like, I'm so she sorry. she probably is now, Erica. She's yeah. probably
0: working in a bank or something. Good,
1: good. Because I'm like,
0: <laughs> you're not allowed
1: to talk to women. Like, that's, imagine <laughs> if I wasn't a strong, confident birthing person. Like, what? Well, like 90% of the population exactly. would just go, shit, dead baby. Yep, Dead okay. baby. You're right. a doctor. Yep, you got a degree. You got PhD behind your name. And I fucking told her off. Anyway, I left. My, my midwife came. We ended up driving to the other side of Melbourne to go to another hospital to check on this all-natural He's, like, the only guy in Melbourne that does natural um, caesareans. Like, he's a beautiful man. I forgot his name. But he, he like, help, the women have a clear thing. They grab the baby. He does all that beautiful work with people that do need to have a caesarean. Mm. And so I went and saw him. And he said to me, Erica, your water's have broken. I could do it for you. I'm going to charge you ten grand and do the same thing that the Royal Women's is going to do. So up to you. But I really think you'll be fine there. And I was like, fuck, we're doing this. It's a fucking caesarean. Fuck, fuck, fuck. So I was just like, I remember, I was anti, which... I highly recommend you don't have an expectation. You have an intention, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and no one talked to me about that. No one talked to me about the cesarean and what could possibly happen. And to be honest, my midwife um, at the time, which was very disappointing. When I look back, she said to me, Oh, I didn't want to talk to you about that. Cause I don't want to upset you, bitch. You need to tell me everything because mm-hmm. even if it upsets yeah. me, what upsets you more when you're in birth and your expectation has been crushed. So, so now I'm like, man, make sure people have intentions, not an expectation because it's releasing control. You know, your baby's going to come how your baby needs to come. It has nothing to do with you. That's your ego. Yeah. So we ended up going to the hospital, all that. I tried as much as I could. And I ended up having to get induced and all that jazz. And so the beauty of this, of what happened was I knew my rights. I had read the right books. I knew I knew my birth plan. I didn't even need the paper. I was just like, and I was calling the shots. But the the sad thing about it is that I felt like my whole life I've been a warrior. I have fought for my life I have fought for my family I have fought for my rights you know my whole life growing up how I did and I felt like I had to fight at the hospital and my husband didn't know how to help me because we didn't have a doula we didn't have emotional support so he was just watching me like fuck I can't even help you Mm -hmm. and I was literally like on the bed screaming and yelling people would come in doctors would shut the light on and be like hi I'm doctor and I literally would be like Shut the fuck up. I don't give a fuck who you are, motherfucker. I'm having a fucking contraction. Ah, like screaming and then when I finished I'd be like, "Okay, I'm done now. What the fuck do you want?" And he's like, "Oh, sorry. I just wanted to meet you." I'm like, "I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm like, "Get the fuck out." And he was like, "Oh, okay." So like, I stood up, which most women don't. Like I I stood up for everything that I wanted. I told them how to do it, when to do it, all of that. And when we had the cesarean, I said, you know, Make sure you put him on my chest, don't clean him, don't cut the cord, don't do this, blah, blah, blah. So it was amazing. Like, it wasn't traumatic in the sense that they didn't get to treat me any way that I didn't allow them. But what sucked was I had to fight. Like, I felt like I was a warrior holding my stomach and fighting. And it makes me emotional thinking about it Mm because I would never, you know, want a woman to feel like you have to fight the system. And your husband's watching, like, is she going to die? What the fuck's going on? And it was, I don't know, 23 hours. It was... I had the epidural didn't work. So the, the lady came to gave me the epidural and I said, get the fuck out. I don't want an epidural because remember, I was judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> so seven hours later, I'm on the I'm on the drip. I'm having these fake contractions with the thing. And I'm like, I'm fucked. And they're like, you need to take the epidural now, because if we're going to get the baby out, we need to take this to the next level and turn the machine up and all that jazz. And I'm like, all right, bring her in. So she comes in and I'm like, I'm very sorry that I said that to you. Um, I think I need the epidural. And she's like, OK. <laughs> so she puts it in. 10 minutes, it worked. After that, didn't work. So my legs are numb. I can't feel shit, I can't stand up now. And I have all the pain, because I have a back surgery, I got like metal in my back, and she didn't put it in right. So she comes back and I'm like, you fucking idiot, you suck, you should quit your job. Like I just went crazy at everyone. And then I would go, I'm sorry, I believe in you. Listen, you can do this, you can do this, I believe in you, like try to coach the woman. And my husband's like, <laughs> you were just like, I should have filmed the whole thing, because it was insane. And ended up that it didn't work. So they had to put me in to have a Caesar and he came out and it was all good. But when I looked at my paperwork, it was like, failed to progress. And that fucked me up. I was like, what? This is crazy. So my midwife said, you should go back. You should fight the system. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? The energy to do that, to drive there, to take my baby to the hospital and do that, I'm going to leave it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to heal my own shit around it. And then from that next That next baby, um, we had a we had a miscarriage and I was in the hospital again in the miscarriage. And I said to my husband, I was crying and I was like, now I can talk to women who've had a miscarriage. And my husband said to me, like, fuck, are you serious? That just came out of your mouth. And I'm like, yep. I'm like, that's what I feel. I feel like this happened. So I can now. And he was like, honey, like hugged me. He's like, you're amazing. It's OK. Ended up being the period for the next. The baby came right after that so it was amazing and my girlfriend who had twins at home she's an old witchy birthing beautiful woman she lived out in Dandenong ranges she's just she's such a shamanic birthing mama and she said to me listen maybe the miscarriage was the baby visiting you maybe it was a visitation and maybe the baby will come back and I like I gotta tell you Erin nobody ever said that to me Mm
0: -hmm. and I
1: decided to take that and say you know what That sounds and feels so much better than my baby died. I had a lost baby after I lost him. And it's like, maybe it came and kissed you and visited and it will be back. And so I started working on myself to coach, started coaching clients. And really, I think the self-work and the letting go of the expectation, the letting go of the meaning of everything and just going, maybe things are coming to me because I'm attracting this and maybe it's my responsibility to clear my own stuff. And as I started doing that, I really got to learn about being present and not being in the, in the past or being in the future, but being in the now, in the moment right now and consciously, I consciously miscarried. I consciously, you know, went and and spoke to who I needed to speak to about it. And then after my, my girlfriend, the one I told you, she said to me, if you want to have a home birth and if you want to have a natural birth, I highly recommend you get some deep body work done and it's going to help you move through your body. And I that was like a game changer. She, This lady basically sits you on a table and I can't explain it because it's not a massage. It's like a soul massage. Mm-hmm. And she she's a trauma healer. She's a... Um, she does trauma counseling but she's she does it physically so you sit there on the table and your eyes are closed and she is fucking you up on the hips like she does she massages through the hip and you know us women have a lot of emotions in our hips Mm. so she was using this like salve stick and it was it was excruciating and I remember time after time being in there going oh my god this is gonna hurt this is gonna hurt so where am I I'm in the future I'm in the future. This is going to hurt. And then she would do it and I'd be in the past. Oh, my God, that just hurt so bad. Mm. After session after session, I finally got to be with her and ride as her fingers went from the top of my hip down to the bottom. I would just be with her. And as I was with her, it really taught me in birth with pain management and contractions to be with the contraction at the moment, at the moment, at the moment, at the moment. Yeah. Don't be behind. Don't be in the future. It was amazing. And I did this body work with her. We healed a lot of my my past my, my old birth and my, I had a dog who died giving birth and that was huge. She came to me on the table. Yeah. Like, so I had a husband who, when I was a high school sweetheart, we we got married at 19 and he passed away at 23. Mm -hmm. So we were together like seven years and he passed away. And when he passed away, our dog, was still him to me. Like our dog was like his life was through the dog. Yeah. So I wanted the dog to have babies so that I could keep him alive through the babies of the dog. It sounds insane, but you not really. You know, no, yeah, you really. get what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and so she died giving birth. I wasn't there. I didn't know mm. she was. Yeah, I didn't know she was gonna. I didn't know too big, you know, you're young, you don't know. She was beautiful pit bull and she was having babies and I wasn't there. So when I got there and she and I had passed away, we cremated her. I didn't know that that was in my subconscious as well. Mm-hmm. And her, her birth, cause it wasn't just her. It was my husband, Gio as well. That was involved and wrapped in all that. So man on the table, I'm telling you, that was the best thing I did. I, I did self-coaching. I did presence, presence, being in the moment. And then pain with this woman massaging my hips and working all my emotional trauma through my hips and then um, we got a doula. That was the best thing ever. She really, she was confident. She told me everything. She told me the things that I didn't want to hear, which I think is very important when you're a, a birth worker, that you don't just try to paint the picture that the client needs or the client thinks they want to hear no, to keep them, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. To keep them safe. And so this woman, Lisa, had she had done a home birth. She had, you know, had a miscarriage. She had healed a lot of her stuff. And so she... She was clean. She came to me clean, meaning she could be with everything. She said to me, you're scared. Awesome. It's good to be scared. You're not scared. Awesome. Like be with all of the emotions in the moment. And she was very strong herself. And that gave me a lot of strength. And so on the on the day where we said we want to have this this home birth, we're going to do it at home. My midwife didn't like the idea. My old midwife who helped me with the first. She judged me and said, your first birth was a bit too crazy. You were out of your body. I don't think you should do a home birth. I think you should go to the hospital. When I told Angela Gallo, my girlfriend, your girlfriend, we love her. She said to me, what? What the fuck? Like how, like this is the shit that you can't be saying that to a birthing person. Yeah. You don't know how much work. I had done a lot of work on my mindset, on my body, on my healing. I literally worked to get this, this home birth V back. I worked. It was hard work because I wanted that. I wanted to experience. I wanted to have a contraction. My body never contracted. I just wanted to feel a contraction and be with it. And I let go of the expectation and said, I'd love the baby to come naturally. If he doesn't or she doesn't, they come how they come. It's not your business. You be with your body. I wasn't even with the baby. I was with my own body and the baby was on their own mission. I was on my own mission and we worked together, but I was really in my own body trying to really manage my, my, my thoughts in my mind. And, And it was amazing. It was, it was everything I thought it would be and more, but I like I would love to get pregnant and have another birth just to experience birth now because I feel like now my coaching and my mindset is on another level. And it would be even less controlling, even more being in the now. Mm. And I I just think like if, if, if I think about everything, people say, you know, business isn't personal and they don't do personal development. All these big companies like people like Facebook and Google do it right. But like companies don't do personal development. And I'm like, you're a person in the business. If you've got shit going on in your personal life, your business is going to be affected. If you've got shit going on in your personal world, your birth is going to be affected. If you've got shit going on as a birth worker that you haven't worked through, your marriage is fucked, you don't have money, you think you're not going to bring that into your space. You do. Yeah. So as you, you know, as you work on your shit, as you become a better person and you clear your mind and you heal all your stuff, everything you touch gets that healing. Everything you touch gets to be that part of you. You don't you don't get to have an amazing business, but your home life is fucked up. That doesn't happen like that, like ever. You know? Mm. And I really, I really think that this this the support that I had and the ability to heal everything, I was able to bring that into the birth and my birth team, that midwife who said that I should go to the hospital, I had the hospital, though, just so you know, the hospital was the plan. You know, air quotes, that was the plan, <laughs> just to make everybody feel good. But I knew what I was doing. I was like, I'm going to push this motherfucker out at home. We're going to have this baby here. And so my team knew that I wanted to stay home. So when they called the midwife who didn't come, the the, the first midwife who helped me with my first birth, she ended up not coming. And my, my team said to me, I'll never forget. She was like, so this is happening. The baby needs to turn. What do we do? What do you think? She's like, just take her to the hospital. And I was so upset that she said that. She hung up the phone and she's like, nah, we're going to stay here. She's got this. They started doing the Reboso thing and turning the baby. Bam, baby came out, all beautiful. I had a little bit of tearing, but that was fine. Like I, I had my baby out of my vagina. I pushed out. I did it. I was like, you know, and I love that, you know, Angie and Lacey always say it's not the gold standard, which I love. And it's so true. But for me, I wanted to feel my body to do it. And for me, I believed there was no reason why I couldn't if, you know, unless the baby had another plan. And if he did, I had let go of that. And so that was, that was huge. It was like my coaching work, cause I'm a confidence coach and I work on mind. All of my shit is what thoughts are you thinking? How's it making you feel, you know, and how are your actions from your thoughts and feelings? So I had worked a lot of my thoughts, my feelings. I had worked on letting go of expectation and I had worked on setting my intention and just being with the the pain. So I kept telling myself in, in the, in the birth be here, be here, be here. Because I would see myself on a, in an ambulance going to the hospital. No, 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 come back, be here, be here. I didn't open wow. my eyes. Yeah, I never opened my eyes. I opened my eyes once which was when it was daylight. And then the second time was when the baby was coming out. So I was in black. I was in my body. Mm. Nobody could talk to me, which is crazy because I thought I was going to have music on and be all Spanish and chat a room. You're, it's mm-hmm. so funny.
0: You're saying so much. I'm just like, Oh, same, same, same. Right? so many snippets you're like, of things you're saying. With... I'm
1: like, yep. <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> yeah. was,
1: but do you, when you think about how you would birth who you know yourself to be, you think, Oh, it's going to be like this. It's going to be like this. So it's like, Lisa really my doula helped me let go of expectation and say honey and, and really like I had friends that were very gold standard my friend that told me about the bodywork, she was very like you know make sure women in the room have all home birthed and says and not had cesarean so that the energy is all about vaginal birth and like that's fucking like insulting a bit you know and mm. that was her belief and well, it's, like, it? it's kind
0: of exactly
1: like, yeah yeah come on and Lisa's like honey There's no right way. If this baby comes out, it comes. It's totally cool. And I started to really get in tune with like, this is a soul that's coming through your body. You don't own that soul. You don't own that fucking child. When that child comes out, it's not yours. Whether they stay here on earth or not, whether and move across the country, like like we have this ego, this egoic shit. That's like my child, my birth. And it's like, your baby's also birthing. That soul chose you to come down, come through you, but you don't own that baby. Like, it's not your baby. It's like, it's not your thing. It's not a possession. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with you how that birth worked. Because it's, mm. it's, it's magical shit that's using your body as a utensil to come through. But, you know, can you be connected? Can you be with it? Yes. But to think that it's the way you should have birthed and I, my body, and it's, I don't know. I, I feel like I let go and I let go of the, I let go of all the judgment. And I feel like that was my initiation into motherhood because I don't believe going into motherhood with judgment was for me because the work I'm doing now is with women. And I don't think that my physical soul, my body would have, I don't think my dharma, right? My calling was to be in judgment of women when I'm doing this work with women. I had to let go of all that shit and lose the ego, lose the judgment, lose breastfeeding or bottle feeding or any of that. Like, and I still let go of shit. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that judgment was there you know, and so it's, it's letting go of that and really supporting someone through whatever it is they need to do, and giving them everything they need to know, even if it doesn't have to do with them, because when they find out later that that shit had to do with them, they're going to be pissed off with the birth worker that's supporting them. Mm. You know, I don't feel like we can keep this information from women. So, and it's hard, I can understand, you don't want to bombard people either and stress them out. But at the same time, that shit's important, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think the way that you're talking about it is, Really, it's really good because I think you're hopefully helping people sort of understand that shift between we're not talking about like that thing that women do where they warn people, like, Oh, let me tell you how awful birth is. It's just saying, Here is the broad spectrum. Let's Mm -hmm. like just talk about it without shoving our shit on top of that and saying, Yes. Oh, because it's such an easy thing, I think, for all birth workers to do whether you're conscious of it or not and I remember having that like with my own births, going like oh shit like okay this is the way it's supposed to be because I know how you know like all the stuff like I suppose my two things my two births have been I never went into labor on my own
1: yeah because I have
0: overcookers like you do Mm -hmm. and getting to that point we're like oh okay half of me saying no I should stay home and like birth next to a whale in the ocean and like you know that's one extreme and then the other one's just like oh well the stats aren't very good and I don't want to take a risk and what am I going to do and just all that judgment stuff that comes in about yes oh you know and we forget like yeah of course we're pro-physiological birth of course we're like you know not anti-drug but like there's good reasons for not doing those things but yeah it's so easy to get into the mind space of being like as you are saying, like, no, cesareans are bad and epidurals are bad and we don't want this, yeah. we don't want that. And then, you, of course, you run the risk that the only people who are going to hire doulas and, like, you know, pro-natural yeah. birth midwives <laughs> are going to be like this teeny, teeny, tiny little percentage of women and people identifying as women who are like, oh, yep, I'm comfortable with that. When really we want to yes. be targeting the people who used to be, like you and me, going, no, nah, yep. technology, drugs, let's, Yeah, ruin my vagina. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We want
1: them to do the 180 without scaring the shit out of them. And you know what's crazy too about what you said? You and I would probably like this where I've tried to show my friends like I love that Instagram now. Like, you watch all these videos, Empowered Birth, God, Katie, God bless her, and, you know, the badass mother birther, and all these people on Instagram that literally, like, when I open my Instagram feed, I show my husband, he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Honey, look at the dinner table, like, look at this baby coming out of this amazing body, and it's like, raw as fuck like some of it i'm like oh my god i gotta watch that again like when have we seen a woman birthing a baby naturally like never in our lives that's why i think social media is the most amazing thing that's happened to our society in this fucking era because maybe if we see more of that then we go oh that's normal that's natural and i've tried to show my friends that you know, weren't, weren't into it. So I think as birth workers, the best thing they could do is follow all of these accounts, get to looking at it, asking their clients, are you comfortable seeing something? Are you comfortable following this? And I've introduced a few of my friends that are pregnant early in their pregnancy to these accounts. And their first reaction was like, oh God, I don't know if I could see that. I don't know if I could do that. But guess what? When they're home and they're rubbing their belly, they start watching, they start going, oh, that one's different. Oh, actually, hey. And that builds their own in subconscious belief that, My body can do that. My body can do that. And it's like, what a better way to use technology now than to show people that this is your body can have either you can even to know it's just knowledge, right? Mm. It's just awareness. It's bringing awareness and consciousness to people that things that we never knew about. And I think the beauty of having a a birth team or someone, this is the most important thing that's going to happen to this person besides a death or a marriage like these are deep you know, emotional times in their lives that they're never going to forget. And it's like, if we can guide them and support them in all aspects and give them the full circle, like, you know, the full spectrum of, hey, these are all the things, how do you feel about them? Let's talk about them and getting them really early on to understand everything and then letting go of meaning. And, you know, like, like psychologists, like meaning is everything. Mm-hmm. What are you making it mean? And so I, I, my, my doula said to me, what does that mean to you? What does it mean if you have to have a cesarean the second time? And it was such a good question because I'm like, oh, it means my body failed again. And she's like, wow, okay, is that true? Like, is your body a failure because you had to do that? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? So just getting to uncover these thoughts and these meanings that people have, like your clients are going to have meaning on everything. And if you help them, you don't have to tell them, but just ask them and let them uncover for themselves how ridiculous some of the meanings are they will get to see that, oh, everything's perfect as it happens and it's meant to happen how it happens. I'll do my part and then I'll let go, you know, like letting go of the control. Mm.
0: And it it comes up in, like, you know, ways that you wouldn't even expect. I mean, I'm just – yeah, as we're talking, I'm just thinking back to – So you're talking about babies being avocados and stuff. I think, like, I talk to people about this all the time. Mine came out as a meatloaf, like, let alone uh, (laughs) a piece of fruit. So the five kilo baby. And, like, a year before that, I'd written Oh, my God. Yeah, I wrote this article about shoulder dystocia because I thought, oh, this is interesting, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like, I'm a little five-foot woman, never in a billion years thought that would ever happen to me. And I remember yeah. being on the bandwagon. i was like, oh yeah, you just get on all fours and you just do the Gaskin maneuver. And even now and then on Instagram, I still get people like, ah, oh, but but you just get on full fours. I'm like, no, nah, there was no. Yeah. It doesn't work in every. Yeah, exactly. In every. St- yeah, and for me, letting go of that because in my mind, I'd thought this through. Like, okay, yep, she's probably going to be a big baby, but like, you know, didn't think much more yeah. of it than that. I never for a second thought, oh, actually, we're going to have to go through like five or six maneuvers. And yeah, the Gaskin maneuver isn't it. It's not yeah. everything's My baby was stuck. Of course. It's not going anywhere. So I think yeah. introducing like just the idea of, again, like, what does it mean? What does it mean? Because in my head, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll just get on all foot. That's yep. what you yep. do. I hadn't thought past that. And I think that's the next bit about the not freaking yourself out too much. I had, didn't do too much research, which is yeah. probably a good thing, but I yeah. think it's a good thing to have in the back of your mind of, yeah, being a birth worker and being like, okay, yeah, okay, let's just think about that. Yeah, let's not freak it. you out, the possibilities. Yeah. But I wasn't really listening for like, you know. Of course. I just, I'm like, I was the same, like, oh, I don't want a C-section, so I'll do yeah. whatever it takes to get this baby out without having to have a C-section.
1: Yeah, see that, 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 like right there, if I think I was a birth worker and someone said that, like the kind of birth worker I would be, because this is how I run my life and my practice of coaching is like, I know that you don't want to hear that, but what happens if that happens? How do you feel about that? How would you do that? If it did happen, what could we do? How would you like it to turn out? Let's just Mm. pretend all of it, because if it happens and we don't talk about it, you're not going to be happy with that. Like you're going to be like, fuck, why didn't we talk about it? So let's just let's not intend that happening. But if this happens, what would we do? Bam. What about this? Bam. You know, like having a, a look at everything. Because guess what? I would like fucking coach them on quantum physics. Listen, there's infinite possibilities <laughs> in the world and you are going to have one of those infinite possibilities. Which one is it? We don't fucking know. We can't control birth or death, right? Like those are the mysteries of the world. But guess what? We can get prepared for, you know, and I would, like. I guess Ange has a way as well as a doula and Lacey would have a way and you would have a way and it's like People will choose you as your full, and I'm talking about this next Sunday with her doula in-person training, and I can't wait, because when you become who you really are, fully expressed, self-confident, you know, in your power as a birth worker, and you're like, hi, I am chocolate chip with fucking cookie crumble on top and a waffle cone with chocolate dipped in almond. That's me. Do you like this flavor? Ew, it's disgusting. Great. There's fucking 70 million other flavors on the planet. Go try them. But if you like this, this is me. And it really allows you as a birth worker to kind of go, this is how I roll, this is how I work, this is how I support. And if you don't like it, it's okay. Like we don't have to all mesh. Like we don't have to pretend to take clients on out of scarcity or because we think that this has to be our niche. Does that make sense? Like,
0: Yes. And I think I, what, yeah. you're, what you're doing is like birth is, this is when you're talking I'm thinking about this, I'm like birth is the one true time where you can't fake anything. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, going through the motions and being polite. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. about as raw and personal as it's yeah. get. And that is obviously not the space you want to <laughs> be in
1: if someone is – you have, like, a kind of
0: cordial relationship, yes. I suppose.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. 100%. And I think it's really, like, owning the fact that maybe – you know, maybe you, you want to give information and the client's a bit scared and obviously you ease into it. Obviously you're not going to like scare someone away into it. But I think for me, the beauty of it was that Lisa sat down with us and with my husband and just explained all things and asked me, how do I feel about it? Because it would be a, a red flag for her. If I was like, I don't want this. There's no way in hell that I'm doing that. You know, I she was, she would be like, okay, we need to discover more in there. What's in there? Because there could be trauma in there. There could be beliefs in there that they will come up in birth. Like fucking better believe that when you're having that baby, all that shit can come back in that moment. And does that serve us? Like I was going in my head to the hospital in the ambulance and I would I literally caught myself going, be here, be here, be here. And I would come back like mantra, be here, be here. And I had to come back into my body. And as a client, I had. I had set up a room with lights and affirmations that I printed all over the fucking place, Erin. It was hilarious. Like, I had affirmations everywhere, like, my baby will come out of my vagina. You can do this. Breathe, inhale, exhale, all that shit. And I never looked at it once. Okay, so I thought. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing
0: because it's the same. Just like, yeah, had the playlist, had that, like, shut my eyes, don't talk to me. no
1: music yeah it's like shut this song off don't flash in my fucking face the opposite of who i thought i was going to be in birth is who i was and it's like holy shit like and then my midwife's reading you can do this and i'm like shut up shut up up. she's like i'm just reading you (laughs) your affirmation don't talk to me i don't want to fucking hear them i told you no one's allowed to speak bitches you know like i became this fucking crazy crazy person but like maybe who you think you're going to be your client's not going to be like that so it's like you know, intri- I, I would have loved to know that. You may, Erica, and Lisa told me, you may not want music. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't imagine myself not wanting music. She's like, I, I burst in the closet. Like, I wanted to be in dark space by myself. I was like, okay, and I never would have thought I would have birthed on my couch. I love my couch, Erin. It was like a very expensive <laughs> gray couch, and my ass birthed on that couch, and I said, make sure the couch doesn't get blood on it, and then I burst on the couch, and the couch didn't get blood, but like, it was insane. Like I thought I wanted water, didn't want water. That was, that was a horrible idea because I got in way too early. It was hot as fuck. And imagine us birthing in water, hot as fuck for 10 hours. That's cooking my baby. Not a good idea. (laughs) But all of these things, you know, that you, you think you want this thing. And I think the best thing was the meaning of understanding what does it mean if you have a cesarean? Oh, it means I'm a failure. Okay. Well, let's look into that because you're going to help that woman before the baby comes to look into and almost like resolve that meaning and those thoughts and that that belief so that whenever whatever happens at the end she can really let go and just trust that it has nothing to do with you how this baby comes and that's so hard to hear right because we think what do you mean my body failed or my body did this it's like it's like fully releasing control and letting go and it's very hard for most modern women to do that you know we Mm. we we want to be fully involved, but I, I think I really think, and then and then after you know the second baby came when he came at home, it was amazing. I ended up getting um, uh, anxiety, like postnatal anxiety. Uh, I would have moments of anxiety right after he was born because I went and visited a girlfriend when I was pregnant. Who her ba- her her daughter passed away. Her daughter was the same age as my first son, mm-hmm. and she was like I think two years old, and she passed away in her sleep, which was crazy, like we, mystery you know, heart problems, mm-hmm. passed away. And we went there to see her, and I can take trauma, I can take stories, easy. So I went there just to support her and see her, and she ended up telling us the story of what happened. And I'm okay with that. I was like, oh, thank you for sharing. I deeply respect that, and I'm, I'm happy to hold space while you share. And we left, and I thought nothing of it, Erin. It was like, yep, yeah, nothing, it's all good. Uh, and, and when Nava was born, when my second baby was born, maybe because he was through my vagina, maybe because it was very emotional, I became like really obsessed with the fact that he, I didn't want him to pass away and make sure he was sleeping. So I never put him in the cot. He was sleeping with me. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't leave the house. I was like super anxious. And then when I started doing my work on it, it was from that story because I wasn't worried about my son who was over two. Mm. I was worried about the under two because that lady's child died before two. So I was like insane shit that like you think if I wasn't a coach, I would not have worked through that anxiety. Um, post baby it, it was actually yeah it was actually really really crazy and there's a there's a book that i'd love to share with the listeners and with you if people are interested in um thought work or healing trauma and stories and this book's really helped me and i give it to every client i work with it's mandatory reading first session um and it's called loving what is uh, uh, yeah have you read that book yeah i'm yeah. getting
0: getting my way through it
1: like yeah byron katie Mm. it's so, it's revolutionary. Um, Eckhart Tolle, which, you know, he's amazing about the power of now. He's like, this woman is the how of me talking about being in the present moment. Cause Eckhart Tolle can get very like woo woo and very, you know, you're like, what the fuck? Yes. I'm falling asleep listening to you. Eckhart yeah. Tolle. Small
0: doses for me. Small doses. Yeah, small
1: doses. <laughs> Don't do it when you're driving, but she, she's like the work at work. She's like the how to, and she's got four questions, very easy process. And her, her book and the audio is great because you get to see her working through, people that have had trauma, loss, sexual abuse. And I I wish, you know, that I had 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 that book for my first birth because I feel like you really let go of the shoulds and what should have happened. And you can really be with reality and allow what happened to be what happened. And you don't have to make it mean anything. And who knows if it wasn't good? Because now I can look at my story. I can say a cesarean section. I got you. I can share that. Cool. Oh, you had a miscarriage. Me too. I can share that with you. Oh, and then I had a home birth feedback. Yep, I can share that with you. So I'm not over here like Bible bashing people about home birth because Mm -hmm. I've had the other, but I'm also not like cesarean only. So if I look at my life, I think of it as it's a way to share story and connect humanity together so that people feel felt and feel heard and feel validated. And it's like, fuck, man. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, whoever for the stories because it's the power of sharing that and sharing your vulnerabilities, you know? Oh, it's so true. I was thinking about this the other day, actually, when I was
0: talking to someone, going like, "Yeah, I I wanted the you know gentle water birth with no drama and just yeah. you know like the beautiful choreographed thing." And it's like, "Yeah, that's not what I got." And, mm. and in some ways, you just think, "Well, thank fuck for that," because I don't yeah. know what we'd be talking about.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs>
0: <See>? <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't have made this stuff my niche. I wouldn't have yeah. like. I don't know. It's just. You know, and again, it's that thing of going like, oh, we didn't have to have this experience in order to whatever, but it would have been something else. Exactly. It would have been some other trauma somewhere and will continue to be. Yeah. And I think that's the thing I want people to realise on some level that I guess you don't know what you're going to react to because you don't yeah. know what's coming up and we can't plan. And there's no like work that you can do specifically to be like, yeah. okay, nothing about any client's birth is ever going to traumatize me. I'm never going to be triggered by anything because that's completely and utterly unrealistic as well. Of course, yeah. It is just uh accepting what comes. And, um, yeah, I remember I talked to Lacey about this um, on hot, on her podcast actually. Like she did the I'm solid, everything's good, and then it was just like one thing in a client's birth out of, you know, hundreds, and she yeah. just had a reaction to it. And there's no wow. way that you could plan for that. Of or- course do a five-step here's how to prepare myself for it it's just that in the moment accepting that it's happening yeah wow and shifting it doing whatever yeah. you need to do after to shift it and not making it mean like as you were alluding to before not making it mean i'm no good at birth work i'm not very confident i can't do this
1: because i reacted to something it's just it's human this is yeah exactly and this is a, this is as human as it gets i mean birth it's, it's, you know, when there's loss and you have to support a woman in loss or stillborn or like, oh my gosh, like this is heavy, it's heavy work. And it's like any, like a fireman has to go to a fire and, and see people die and couldn't save that little girl. He's got to work on that shit. He mm-hmm. can't go into another fire. Like police officers, like birth work has that heavy authoritative thing that like you're working with precious life, debt, everything. And it's like, can you, how can you support them better? It's like, fill your cup self-care for you heal your pain do you have trauma do you have judgment like we all have judgment we judge that's why we have a fear of fucking public speaking we're judging we're it's not conscious but we're judgmental and so it's like check your fucking judgment because that doesn't serve the women you're going to serve or the birthing people you're going to serve you know it's like oh my god and I'm constantly like checking the judgment and I feel like that that was my, I almost feel like I was so judgmental about cesarean that I'm not saying I manifested it because Raven, my son, my firstborn, totally needed to come like that. He is a fucking firecracker. That was his birth. He was like like you, five pounds, uh, five kilos. You know, <laughs> he got stuck. His head was all cone shaped and he was doing what he wanted to do. And that explains yeah. him to the T. Like, I'm like, yeah, of course you came like that. And of course I was telling people to fuck off while you were coming out. Like, that's him, right? So <laughs> so you think shit, like, it, it, it's all how it needs to happen. But the beauty of it is can, you can heal your stuff and really learn from it and let go of the judgment. And that's such a better place to be able to support people when you can just be with what comes, you know, for them. Mm, love it. Love yeah. It.
0: What are you doing to look after yourself? Like this is the kind of, I don't know how, it's, it is asking like, what are you doing? For yeah. Skincare, other yeah. than like, there's no other way to phrase it, but of course. a super self-aware person. Yes. What do you do for yourself to check in when things are getting a bit heavy going off the road? Yep.
1: yep. <laughs> well, um I'm currently sick because I believe I've, I've really upped the ante in, in serving. Um and I didn't realize it. I'm, I'm always available. I'm always on. I respond to everybody on social media. I am coaching like crazy now. I've got a sisterhood group coaching women. So I'm holding a lot. And it's, I used to tell myself I have this uh, secret power like Tony Robbins of energy, which I, I do think that that's my superpower. I can talk for 55 hours and want to do it again. But sustainability, can you do that? Can Does Oprah write back to everybody on fucking Instagram? No, she doesn't. Is she an asshole? No, she just can't. So mm-hmm. if I want to be at that caliber and serve people globally, how do I need to be now? Right. So it's like, okay, shit. So I believe I got sick. I had a master class on the weekend. It was huge. Lots of shit came up for people. And I don't feel like I took it, but I feel like I didn't listen to my body of rest. So I'm currently dealing with like ear pain and throat pain and nasally and sick. So I I shut off. I was like, I'm out, I'm gone. And the beautiful people of social media, my clients all said, you deserve it. Rest, like you give so much. So it was, I'm still learning, you know, it was an eye opener for me to like stop and put my phone away, not message people, not answer anybody back. So Mm -hmm. really listening to my physical body, because, you know, when you're pregnant, it tells you if you don't pee, we're going to pee on you. If you don't eat, (laughs) we're going to pass out. And it's like your body has a loudspeaker and it always has a loudspeaker. But in pregnancy, you can't not listen. But when you're not pregnant, what are you listening? So I'm really, I've been listening to my body now and I do yoga. I love yoga. I cry every time I'm on the mat, like regular yoga. I'm like the only one sobbing in the back of the room, just like receiving because I feel like I give so much and I love to give, but I fully feel like in yoga, it's for me and I receive. My kids aren't there. No one's there. I'm on the mat. I'm like in a meditative state, just feeling gratitude for all of humanity. And so yoga has been my, my new thing that I've been. Recently doing, I do like yin, which is meditation, kind of yoga, and vinyasa, which is slower. I do like slower yoga. And um yeah, that's really my self-care is like my yoga. I do my nails. And then I have moments with my girlfriend. So my husband will take the children and I'll just be with friends. Because last year, I didn't see anybody. I didn't hang out with anybody. I didn't connect with my girlfriends. We were just hustling because financially we had to. Yeah. Um, and this year I'm like, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm going to reap the seeds that we planted. And I'm literally going to connect with people. And I listen to a lot of, uh, positive things. I meditate, I do, um, yoga and I just look after myself in that space, but I can do a better job. So <laughs> to be honest, I can do a better job of not being available so much. Cause I feel like I, my energy's out there all the time and it's really not good for you because then where you're not in your body as much and you're not slowed down as much. So I'm, I'm still right now in the lesson of coming back in and shutting off the channels um, to the outer world and, and service. That's like my light worker problem where I'm like, I feel for the humanity. And I'm like, <laughs> gotta take a minute for yourself, you know? Um, so I'm in that lesson at the moment, but yoga's definitely been my, my thing. It's so good. It's so good for me. And just constantly studying Studying about ego, studying about letting go of the need to be right so I can be a better mother and not tr- like get pissed off when my toddler is as an asshole because he sucks sometimes. So he's really teaching me a lot about anger. So I'm in that right now, which you know feels really feels really appropriate for where oh, I'm at. Aren't kids just the best in terms of his <laughs> oh, big
0: spotlight? On yep. Everything <laughs> that you are not doing very effectively. Everything that yep. you think <laughs> you can stuff down and no one will see. Toddler is right yep. there lighting a fire under it.
1: hmm It's beautiful. I'm like, Thank you. You think you're all conscious, <laughs> mom? Confidence coach. You're angry. And I'm like, okay. So and even that, like seeing all of that when you work on yourself and you heal your stuff, like seeing it as it's not him, it's oh, me. okay, it's me. Oh yo. Shit. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I love what you're doing and the work you're doing for the world, Erin. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's
0: been, it's been so lovely talking to you today.
1: Yes, girl. We love mm. you.
0: <laughs> Isn't she just red hot magic? Oh, thanks for joining us today. I hope you've come away feeling something. It might be a good feeling. It might not be a good feeling. But either way, just allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. <sighs> big long breath and prioritise something for you today. Now, if you've learned something, you've come away with an insight or something has given you a bit of a fire up the bum, please think about leaving me a review, not so much for boosting my ego, although that is very nice, but it's actually to help other people find the podcast so that they can learn and grow and I can start spreading those dandelion seeds of healing from trauma, that it is possible. I also urge you to listen to Erica's podcast. So it is the Queen of Confidence Chronicles and she's just shared, oh man did I cry, a gut-wrenching insight into losing her first husband, Gio. Please go and give her some love. She has been so vulnerable and open and it's oh, it's difficult to listen to but it really is so beautiful. Remember you can find her at the Queen of Confidence, that's her gem. Um. Please feel like if you want to connect with me, please feel free to do so. I'm always looking for podcast guests and I've also just reopened my calendar for doing birthday briefs, which I don't know, has been in the sort of back burner for a while, but the time feels right. So I have opened it up again. So birthday briefing, coaching, mentoring for birth workers, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can find me at dreran.com.au. So look after yourself today. Make sure you do something for yourself. doesn't have to be anything super fancy, but do something for yourself. And I will talk to you next time. Bye.